Welcome to the Mental Mom Show. I'm Megan Farr, a therapist and mother of two by day, and a coffee-drinking ADHD maniac basic white girl. But most importantly, I'm the Mental Mom host by night. And I'm Casey Harper, the producer slash art director slash boyfriend and moral support slash whatever Megan needs. Casey, fancy meeting you here. Oh, hey, Megan. What's going on? Um, let's do a quick check-in. I'm great. Thanks for asking. Um, let's do a check-in with you. How are you doing this week? Mental health-wise, of course. Uh, mental health-wise, I'm, I'm hanging in there. You're not doing great with this weather. No, the weather's not helping, which I seem to say every week. But then I started a new job, so that's kind of consuming a lot of my time. What little energy you have I another do have. job besides being the producer of this show of Mental Mom? Yeah, because I need something that kind Actually of pays. pays the bills. <laughs> I pay you in love. <laughs> yeah, well, you can't pay other people with love. And so. I, I buy you good food. Yeah, it's not you. I just, someday. It's the man. Someday I will be able to give you a salary. I mean, the Mental Mom Show, maybe. I don't know. That's but, the dream. That's the dream. So it's in we're in central to southern Indiana, and it's, like I've called it, the rainy season, and now it's getting cold and icy and gross, and I think it's making us both tired. Let's jump into the high five moment. Do you want to hear my high five moment? Yeah, what's your high five moment? Okay, remember this is where I give myself a high five for something this week Mm -hmm. that I did well. Um, I found a website that I love. It's called centerforparentingeducation.org, and I will post that on Facebook or, you know, eventually the website, but Facebook. But it's a website that I'm loving, and it gave me some good ammunition. Um, I started making my kids do more for themselves, and... Because I, I read an article about how we're actually hurting our kids by doing too much for them in today's I believe that. society. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to elaborate on that? Um, I just, yeah, I feel like that's a trend, if, that, if you want to call it that, that parents are doing way too much for their kids, not allowing them to learn things on their own or just letting them be kids yeah we think we're helping we think we're helping and our kids and that's why we do it because we want to protect them and help them um, but it's actually keeping them a lot of times from learning on their own so I am not feeling guilty anymore I let go of my mom guilt and I told everybody about the checklists that I have my kids do that's been going on for a while but I've started adding things to it and chores and making my kids do things for themselves and I think it's going to be a good thing for them and for me how's that going good I mean I just made this realization days ago okay Okay. so I haven't really implemented a whole lot I think a lot of it is since I read that article I'm letting go of the guilt when I do ask them to do things so I'll keep it posted you shouldn't feel guilty I know 
but we've talked about guilt. Yeah, putting it on other people. Yeah. Not because you're asking your kid to do something. That was totally different. Yeah, that is different, but I'm working on it. So I'm high-fiving myself for letting go of some guilt and finding that website that I love that has lots of good info on it and doing less for my kids. It's about time they start pulling their weight. Less for them means more for my mental health. That's right. Put that on a t-shirt. Okay, so now I'm sure you're dying to hear about my mental mom moment, which is actually... Yeah, let's go more into that story because I only know like half of it. Um, and I'm going to make that plural because I had two notable oh. incidents this past okay. week that were very mental mom-ish. Um, one was I was flustered and irritated and I was trying to do too many things at once and I'm carrying things out to my car. My kids weren't with me, so I don't even, I can't even use that as an excuse that they were with me. I have my keys on a lanyard thing, you know, so I don't lose them. Yeah. And I somehow swung that into the door of the car before I slammed the door. Then I slammed the door and I slammed my key thing. You know, the what am I trying to say here? The Your key fob? My key fob. Thank you. I'm like, I have my thumb doing this thing where I'm pressing on it. Um, into the door smashed it only had my car for a little over a year um completely broke the key off of the fob part right (laughs) so but i the key still worked though like you could still start your car barely because it all fell off except for like a sliver oh Um, is that making sense yeah okay but i but i found the rest of the key that fell off Mm -hmm. on the ground so I was proud of myself for at least because I'm like, oh, maybe I can hot glue this back together because that's what all moms say is maybe I can hot glue that. Right. <laughs> but so, the like metal part of the key didn't break, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, Maybe I should post a picture. Well, I'm not, you know, I don't have fancy new cars. So oh. you know, I roll around in like a, a mid-90s <laughs> that's now when you think about it, it's 20 plus years old. So Yeah, but it's. It's such a great car. You can't go wrong with it. I just have a big bulky key that doesn't have that fancy fancy stuff on it. So the metal part falls off. So all I have left is like a sliver of the metal part of the key. I put that in the ignition. It barely gets it there. And then I turn the key on because I know because I had a a spare key in my office, which was like five miles away. So somehow, wait, I just told that wrong. The part that, the part that I, the metal part that fell off, the longer part that fell off of the key, that's what I used to put in the ignition. Can you picture that? Right, because that's what starts the car. Yeah. That's what I was asking. (laughs) In my brain, I had that reversed. But yes, the long metal part that fell off, put Uh that in the ignition, turn it on, but I could barely turn it on because there's like nothing to hold on to. Right. And I finally um, got, got the car started, put like... A major indentation in my finger and like a bruise because of the how sharp the metal was. Uh-huh. Then I drove to my office, got my spare key, um, and I was okay. But I was so frustrated. Yeah, I could understand that. Yeah. So now I guess I go to the dealership and try to get a new. Yeah, and I'm fob. sure they'll charge you an arm and a leg for that too. Now it does still unlock, like the electric part. You know, the right? Fob they're part. just not connected. Not connected. Yeah. So that was super frustrating total mental mom moment there but that but then it gets better okay let me just give you a little background remember last week when we talked about 
how, like you've never had homemade frosting made for you. Oh yeah. And it's your birthday, so I made you cupcakes. Right. That you just Thank ate you. the other day. Yeah, yeah, they were good. Well, I did have to dive rescue a fake nail out of the frosting before I. Who's fake nail? My. Have you noticed that my nails are gone? I know you get them painted. I didn't <laughs> no, know I they get were them, fake. It's called dip, and it's like a acrylic kind of nail. So it's not paint. And then painted too, but it's like they come off if. Oh, so and you've been lying to me the whole time. I never you have lied. Fake you never nails. asked. You never asked. They're not fake. They're just enhanced. Well, whenever you say you go get your nails painted, I just assume you get your nails painted. But not... I always say I, I'm getting my nails done. What? Okay, I didn't know plastic was involved. <laughs> it's so plastic. Anyway, women who get their nails done, they understand okay, what I'm talking sorry, about. Okay, sorry, ladies. So I'm making your frosting, and I had just gotten them done like not that long ago, so they should stay on stay good for like two well, weeks i'd hope so for what you pay for them <laughs> self-care that's self-care um so i'm my girls are helping okay but i still i can't blame this one on them either this is just all me what do i always tell them about the mixer because i don't have like the fancy KitchenAid bowl mixer i have just like a handheld mixer yeah so i always you know the safety you don't touch it while it's going while it's mixing and I, I didn't, but somehow I was trying to get the, help me, the blade, no, the, the, the things whisk? that made, the whisk. Is that what it's called? Yes. The whisk things that you mix with. I was trying to get those in the holes, okay? You better hope nobody plays us in charades <laughs> or whatever that game so I'm is, Pictionary. The, I'm shoving the whisk things, the mixer things, metal part in, and all of a sudden, I accidentally turn it on, so I'm holding the mixer, the metal part, while it's on. You, uh, and that tore my nail you, off. Why do you have it plugged in when you're doing right? that? I know. I know. Oh my gosh. I know. And I'm the mom. I I'm I am less. You're than my you're children. lucky. It's just a nail. I know. I'm so lucky. It's just a nail. So All right. I, I, so moving on, you put a nail in my icing. Accidentally, but I got it out. Okay, good. <laughs> I'd rather have a nail than a finger. Yeah. So you didn't even know any of that, did you? I was no. saving it for the show to surprise you. So that was, uh, those were two mental mom moments. Lost a key, fab. Or injured a key fab, lost a key, and blended off my fingernail. It's a long week. It's a, it was a very long week. Yeah. It was a rough week. Rough week. So, yeah. so all you right. See, you look so stressed right now. And well, like, you look I just like bewildered. I worry about, you know, what's going on in the kitchen. Yeah. You know, safety first, then teamwork. I know. It just all happens so fast, you know? It's like, that's what happens with my brain, is it just... Gets a little ahead of the game, and then all of a sudden, you know, yeah, well, fingernail. Try to keep it in the game when it comes to safety, and then I know. ahead of the game on everything. Maybe else. I need adult supervision when I'm baking. I can't even blame uh, that on my kids. Yeah, <laughs> I would say so. Oh my gosh! But was the frosting good? It was really good. It was made with love. Oh, that's and what I almost I lost a finger. The most. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mention it, I did. 
There was a little nail in one. Did you get a little nail no, chunk? A little, like a little sliver of nail? No, it's all fake acrylic I'm lying. So last week we talked about behavior. Yes. And there's so much to talk about. We had to do it. We had to do it part again. Two. Part two. But we're going to make this short, sweet, quick, to the point. Right. Because, you know, we could talk about this for 10 years. Forever. Behavior. And then as soon as you figure one thing out, then they come out with a new study. Yeah, like dieting. Just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always a new thing. Yep. Reading carbs, we're not. Reading protein, we're not. Reading fat, we're not. We're on Weight Watchers. Yeah. We're on. Then it'll be, you know, like how to raise your kid keto style. Yes. Or something. We're a keto family. Ugh. We're a. It works. It works. But that's really a big commitment. I'm glad I don't have to do it. Yeah. What is but that? I've seen it work. Yes. We have seen friends that yeah. have done great with that. Okay. So what behavior. about behavior are we talking about this time? Okay, so last last show we talked um, different behavior styles, like how, how do parents manage their children's behaviors? Um, why do my kids behave better for their teachers than for me? You know, we, we answered some of those right. tough questions. Uh, so what's got you since I've been reading more on perplexed now? Now, um, well, I've been doing more reading on parenting trends in the past couple weeks, um, and I found a theme. The experts are just as confused as I am. I believe that. Would you like to segue in? Was that a good, I could segue into my From the Mom Journal, ripped from the pages of the Mom Journal? Yeah, that was good. Let's hear it. Okay. Are we overcomplicating this parenting thing? We don't want to emotionally damage our children. Where does this fear come from? This fear of screwing up our children might be fueled by the amount of conflicting information floating around out there. And then we are left to figure it out. While shopping the other day, I overheard a sales associate, probably in her 20s, talking to her coworker, And she said, when my two-year-old bites me, I bite him back. She was very proud of her method, which she probably learned from her upbringing. This is why we can't just do things our parents and grandparents did without at least reading some of the recent data. That behavioral intervention was found to be ineffective by child development researchers. And it's confusing to children as they don't yet have the social and problem-solving skills to get the message, don't bite because it hurts, and are more likely to perceive it as, mom's doing it, so it must be okay. Some things never change, though. Listen and do what I said the first time. Don't lie to me, and no eye rolling. Other than that, the rest might be somewhat debatable. This is why gut parenting is so important. We have access to the extensive amount of books written by psychologists and pediatricians. We are one click away from tell it like it is online parenting forums. And we are bombarded by celebrities all chiming in on their Hollywood-esque philosophies. Damn it, it's overwhelming. Here's an example of the uncertainty I run into when reading mainstream and not so mainstream info on parenting. I'm skimming articles and found a beautifully written rebuttal from a highly credentialed PhD. She was breaking down the research used in a recent New York Times article about babies and sleep. Hello, hot topic. I'm cringing and feel an ulcer coming on just talking about this subject. The original article she's referring to in the New York Times is titled, Putting Your Baby to Sleep, Some Advice and Good News. It's written by a professor of pediatrics and outlines studies indicating the importance of letting your baby self-soothe versus picking him up right away when he cries and it's bedtime. 
and also talks about the negative effects on parents when they aren't getting enough sleep, etc. I could go on, but just Google it, and you can read and decipher for yourself. The rebuttal was written by a doctorate in psychology from a well-known university. She reviews the studies and argues the significance and relevance of the research used in the New York Times article. She then cites research and writes about the importance of co-sleeping and how beneficial it is for parents and child. I read both sides and then grabbed the tums. If these experts can't agree on how to interpret the results of the research studies, and both can make opposing points that make so much sense, the rest of us lay people are screwed. New York Times has money and shows up first on the search engine results, of course. The PhD woman is less famous, so hers was harder to locate. In fact, I still can't find the article because I forgot to bookmark it. As a trained journalist, I know how studies and facts can be portrayed in a skewed manner to make certain points. And just because it's the New York Times doesn't mean it's truth. I appreciate other scholarly opinions, even if they aren't mainstream. It just gets confusing to know who is right. I guess I will continue trial and error until I figure it out. I know I can't be the only one who feels overwhelmed by this constant back and forth. Kids should sleep on their stomachs. No, their backs. Let your child cry it out. No, don't. It will cause anxiety and stress. Co-sleep or crib only. At the end of the day, we just want our children to be healthy, happy, well-adjusted individuals with as few mental health problems as possible. Is that too much to ask? Okay, yeah. I think you... I like what you call gut parenting because I can see how it can be hard to parent if you're trying to keep up with the latest reading material because it seems like week to week they're retracting what they said the week before with like oh no you need to do the opposite of what we told you last week or equally educated equally smart knowledgeable experts who don't who have such differing opinions on things like well i want to know how they get this term expert like well i would say anyone who has a high level of education, like a doctorate or a medical doctor, and they research, they do the research. Because both of those experts I talk about, I mean, when you've done a dissertation or you are a professor and you've been through all of that coursework and then you read and study, and I'm sure that they... So what do they do, though, like as this research? Is it like they just put 20 kids together and then they just based off of a 20 kids? Cause I mean, it depends. Everybody's kids are different credibility of the studies. So if that's why I want people to go read this article in the New York Times, this is just an example, um, read this article and it cites the research studies and then this other expert, she goes back and says why those studies aren't actually accurate and they both have really good points. Right. So then who do you listen to? Like which expert is the expert though? Right. That's, that's what exactly. I want to know. How well, do you become a so-called expert when all you're doing is going up against somebody else's expert. research, expert opinion? Well, that's what, I mean, that's the whole thing. But the bottom line is you don't know until you're a parent. Yeah. Until that's... you interact with your kid. your kid and you see what works and what doesn't. And that's why my training as a, first as a social worker, well, first as a journalist, but then my training as a social worker really stressed the importance of the environment and the culture. So you can take five different people with the same disorders like mental illness or mental health problems or but put them in 
different environments and they'll respond differently. They'll have different right. outcomes. Well, have you ever, of every, of all the stuff you've read, mm-hmm. was there anything in one of those books that actually was a part of your situation where you're like, Oh, this was in chapter three. No. Uh, you know, I talked about that in one of our first podcasts. Yeah. So why do you, why, how, why do people see, keep buying into these, these so, you know, like why, why do the, why do people, well, I think because what is the it other fear? Thing, well, are these people making money off of fear? Probably. Are you doing one of your conspiracy theories? Are we like doing fear propaganda for parenting? Are we doing this? Are we doing? Because I'm just going to start writing parenting books because <laughs> apparently everybody's just talking out their ass. Oh, there's a market for it. Uh, that's, but you know, my example of me overhearing that 20 something talk about biting her kid, biting her kid back like that. That's why we read the latest research. We might not agree with all of it, but I think we can all agree that it's, there's definitely on a lot of levels, something wrong with biting an adult, biting their two year old back. True. We have, so that's why we keep up with research because sometimes they have good points. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's why. But what if that just. Okay. I'll hear you out. Go ahead. What if said girl read all those books and there's so many books out there. What if there is a book that says, yeah, you should bite your kid. Well, it probably was in like the seventies, but it was disproven. Oh, so she's just, you're saying she can't afford new literature. (laughs) Don't test my mental health (laughs) and my ear. No, I'm just, I get it, but I'm just saying like, we shouldn't go around biting our kids to try to prove a point. No, but maybe that's her like wits end. Maybe that's what she found that works. No, I think she's an example of if you just do what the older people in your life have done, if you just do what's been done to you, that's not a great idea because you should at least check out what what other people are doing. What if you turned out awesome? Okay, if if your parents used that method of biting you back and you turned out awesome, email us at thementalmomshow at gmail.com. Please, because I would like um, to talk about it. Yeah. Casey Harper, you can lead that discussion. I will lead it. Okay, why are you being so combative? Because I thought we were on the same just, team here. I am on your team. Why are you being so It's just interesting. Angry? I'm trying to play, you know, both sides. I just got, like, my stomach got all in a knot from your that tension, that aggression. God. I apologize. Yeah, you should. I'm not the enemy. I'm just trying to bring up some... Some so points. Am my I, okay, I have a question for you. Especially if you're trying to be a good parent and like actually stay up on things. I have a question. Yes. So when you were growing up mm-hmm. and you didn't listen, what were things like? My parents took away privileges. Yeah. And it worked. How so? Like if we couldn't play with our friends or we couldn't, like I love gymnastics. So they... If if we were really disrespectful or my brothers and I wouldn't stop fighting or we didn't follow the rules, I mean, privileges were taken away. So that's that worked at our house. So do you think that kind of stuff's like shifted? Like parents aren't doing that as much because they're trying... I'm wondering because just think about how many kids have smartphones. Yeah. Like $800 computers, tiny $800 computers, and, and kids are just given these. Yeah. Like they iPads, those were just like that's just like we used to have balls to play with. Right. They have iPads. So I mean my daughter when she says, Mom, can I bring my can I 
not hers, it's my iPad. Mom, can I bring your iPad to school? Because the other kids are bringing their electronics to school. No, you're not bringing that to school. You're not ready for that. I can't believe, well, I can believe, but why would you let your kid bring, not you, no, but I mean, like in general, their other, I don't like know. wouldn't the teachers say something like, hey, do they have electronic time at like in their after school program what? or on breaks? Like, and they have day camps. They'll what have, about like, recess? Yeah, they have that too. This is, you know, how we used to watch movies and stuff on rainy days, or I don't think very rarely. Okay, on the bus you can use your electronics. This is what I'm up. This is what we're up against. So what do they do if they don't have the inter- like they're not connected to Wi-Fi on the bus? Well, like my newer iPad, you you don't need. But why does it? Oh my god! I know. Why does an eight-year-old need their iPad then or I, a iPad at all? Like you're saying, and then to have it on the bus. You know what I took on the bus, and I had to beg to get what a CD player. Oh, the Walkman CD no, player. No, not a walk. The Walkman was the cassette. Oh, cassette. Okay, I thought Discman. Discman was the CD player. All I had back in the day were books and paper to write on. We wrote notes. Well, I was there. <laughs> I didn't get a CD player until... How old were you? I don't even know. I was in, like, middle school. Oh, wow. And they They'd were, been out for a while at that yeah, point. Yeah, that's why I got one. Yeah. Because they it. were uh, finally in my price range to get one. We should do a whole show on electronics and kids. I mean, it's insane. When I, I mean, I was 30-something 30 30 something when I got my first smartphone, and my 8-year-old... She's great. I mean, she understands because I've made it very clear that no. And her father is on board and no, there's no smartphone for you until you're way older. I'll get you a flip phone when you're like 10. One of those prepaid. <laughs> prepaid flip phone for emergencies. Because that's what the kids try to say. And I've heard parents say it too. Um, yeah, I need to get a hold of them. I need to get a hold of them. Something happens. Yeah. And then they make it really hard on parents because, like, when I got my first iPhone, they were having a special where he tried to sell me a second one. No, it was free. Like, buy one, get one free so I could give it to my kid and then just add a line. And I told him my kid was eight and he was still trying to sell me on this. That's because people buy it. Yeah. And that's his job. And then I felt like a cave woman, you know, like, uh, no, are you serious? <laughs> yeah we should we'll do a whole show let's on do a that. whole show on that glad we brought that up anyway i don't even know how we got on that how do we get there what's happening where are we what's going on i got in trouble all the time for eye rolling though just on a side note that was one of my dad's big pet peeves when i would roll my eyes apparently i did it a lot oh i do that a lot mm-hmm. yes my mom yeah you do oh you guys have been talking, huh? Yeah. I don't know if you do it a lot. I used to do it a lot. I did too. And See, I, we have so much in common. Yeah, and I had, I would, you know, whatever look I would make on my face, I still haven't seen that look, but apparently it's a frequent one. Yeah, you need, just need to do some mirror work. Or you I watch mean, it in the mirror. I spend a lot of time looking at myself. <laughs> Working on your mustache, trimming. Yeah. No, yeah. I used to get in trouble for that, but I still do it. So I think with parenting, it comes back to we want, this is what I want anyway, I want my girls to do the right thing because they want to do the right thing intrinsically, not just for a reward. So I want them to like get that, develop that sense of 
right versus wrong, which they have mostly. But to continue that, um, I mean, I have no problem rewarding my kids with money. Like that, what my eight-year-old is very much motivated by money. She gets the value of it. She she gets it, and that's like a reward. But my five-year-old, she doesn't doesn't really do much. A sticker is just as for now. Or for now, earning a stuffed animal or something like that. So I guess that's the conversation I wanted to start, and I would love to hear from people on what they do um, for for behavior and what experts they listen to, what experts they don't listen to, where do they get their information. So yes, email us at thementalmomshow at gmail.com. And it's all about balance. I've, I've tried both. I've tried more of the Montessori method, which I mentioned this with my eight-year-old. She went to a Montessori school. And it's a beautiful concept. And I think it was just too relaxed for us, for the, our family at the time a lot of natural consequences and for instance their one of their theories was let her teacher taught me that taught us this don't don't get into a big argument with your child about wearing a coat outside if it's cold even if it's cold because they'll go outside they'll realize they're cold they develop that sense of it's cold I should put a coat on mom was right and then you go back in get their coat except ours didn't all the time (laughs) yeah we're and then they you know same with shoes and things and then how does that how it just didn't work at our house how does that work at all though like when you're five you know how how do you just walk outside and then you just expect like there's no time frame on it no time limit so that you could just run around you're supposed to let them run around for like an hour I mean, most they're saying that most kids wouldn't, that they would Yeah, but what go if outside. your kid's special? <laughs> go outside, you feel it. Oh, that's cold. I don't like it. I'm going back inside to get my coat. And then it's not a fight. Oh. It just didn't work. Okay. It just didn't work at our house. This stuff is, it blows my mind. Especially my eight-year-old when she was younger. Like, she's shoes, socks, eh, optional. Coat, eh, optional. It, it just didn't in my opinion, go well at our house. And you'd still have the fight. Well, if you don't have any rules, then you don't have a lot of fights. Right, but at what point were you... you If she was still going outside... So she would still go outside and then you just... Like, that's what I'm saying. She'd go and then you just let her go and then eventually she would want to put on her shoes. Usually. What was the... And then you know what? What was the time? There's frame a lot on of it? a lot of blocking out, a lot of things I don't remember about her early childhood. <laughs> and my mom says this, like I'll ask her things about parenting, and she's like, "Meg, I don't remember." She had four kids, and I just don't remember certain things. That's fair. But it didn't go well. I'll tell you that. The more structure and consistency that I've put in place, the more discipline. It works. The more peaceful, calm we are at the girl I, apartment. I think, I mean, I'm not, I'm, clearly I don't have my own kids, but from being around my family and other people who have children that I know, other friends, like, I would think, I believe that kids want that, that structure. They want, you know, all of those kind of things in place because... I don't know. I, I feel like it gives them a sense of like 
being protected. And safety. And safety. They like, know what's coming next. Yeah. Now, if you talk to Montessori educators, um, and this is true, it's there, there is a structure in place. It's just a very different, broader... But what is the structure by letting them go outside structure. with no shoes in the winter to have them discover that it's cold? Like, you don't need to be out there with no shoes on to realize what cold is. Like, you can still have... They would say that the experience of, like, feeling it, touching it, that... So what about, like, hot pans? Do you just, like, line your kid up with well, hot pans and just be like, here, grab that, and then learn that... No. I mean, don't tell them to grab it, but, you know, it's like... I always... You know, you get told growing up, don't touch that because it's hot. And then there's all... You know, I did it. No, it's not. And you grab it, you know, and then... While your parents are running your hands under cold water, they're like, told you not to touch it, you yeah. know, like. You have to experience it to learn it. Yeah. Some things. Like that, I guess. I don't know. It's just. Well, yeah, it's controversial. It is, I guess. Um, And then, you it's know, interesting. I don't. I also don't believe, we have to find a balance though, because I can't stand that children should be seen, not heard bullshit that a lot of us grew up with or our parents grew up with and. Oh, like you can be in the room, but don't talk to me. Yeah, have you heard oh, that saying? Children yeah, should be seen, yeah. not heard. I mean, it's gross. That's that's gross. You know, that's like right along the lines of. First of all, children didn't ask to be brought into this world. That's um, true. That's parents decided that. So, back in the day when people didn't use birth control, and I get it. Like it's a, it was a different time. Now, if you have children, you've chosen to have children. You've made that choice. Don't act like. They're a burden, okay, because you chose to have them. Yeah. So I don't like that either. I don't like that harsh, you know, because I said so. That's something my grandfather used to say. Oh, when when he tell you to leave the room and you asked why? Yeah, you don't ask questions because I said so. Okay. So we got to find a balance. Now, sometimes... Right before bedtime, if you're if if you're trying to like stay up later and like manipulate me, and you're gonna start asking questions, then I'm I'm gonna put a kibosh on that and say, is that Yiddish? That might be Yiddish. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have speak you, Yiddish. Do you, have you heard kibosh? Uh no. <laughs> I'll have to look. I think that might be Yiddish. I'm not sure. I will put a stop to that. But if children are seriously being or asking because they want to know. Let's not like crush their spirits and because I said so. So somewhere between because I said so and not putting their spirits in a box. That's where my parenting style falls. Does that make sense? You should put that on a shirt. <laughs> okay. Okay. And then I think sometimes I overcomplicate things because I have uh, mental health issues and I have anxiety and I just like to make things more complicated than they really are. But then when I rewind and I break it down, safety first and teamwork. Where did that come from? Um, I don't know where it officially came from. My best friend says from. it all the time. I was introduced to it when I started working at Starbucks. Is it like a real like training thing or is it from a movie? No, we would just say it like to help us get through the day. I don't know where it came <laughs> from, but somebody I worked with at Starbucks said it. When I first started there, they were like safety first and teamwork I mean, cuz some uh, like you get moving around and busting around cuz it's real busy in the morning and stuff and then you start knocking stuff over and it can get out of hand and really quick. And you guys are probably all high on coffee. And uh, really jittery and like yeah, ah. you, you come in 
for that 4.30 in the morning shift and you're still a little hungover, yeah, you do a few shots of espresso and then, on an know, empty stomach. And you're going to be bumping into stuff. Then you just, you're chatty Kathy and you're flying around everywhere. And then you're knocking each other over. and Yeah. Yeah, that sounds crazy. It was awful. <laughs> the only good thing about working at Starbucks was working the people you work with. That's what makes being a barista enjoyable, at least for me. It's not, I mean, yeah, crafting coffee is pretty cool, but the people, if you don't work with good people, the customers will just kill you. Except for customers like me, because I'm. Yeah, but there's not a lot of them like you. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, are they not really? Not a whole bunch of. Yeah, I mean, you you have your regulars and you have those people that are really appreciative and they like. All that stuff, but then it's like these women, these these like we had these certain women that like came through every morning, and we're always busy in the drive-through, and then they are constantly telling me how late they are to work every day, you know. And it was like this this one like they want you to hurry. This one woman would come through the drive-through every morning, knowing like at the same exact time how busy you guys were gonna be, how busy it was gonna be, and then she without fail would go. I'm going to be late to work. Can you hurry up? So All the time. It's not that she should leave a little earlier. No, it has nothing to do with her. Nothing at all. It's so, that you so should take, hurry. So take that one extreme person yeah. and then, you know, like kind of water it down to like maybe 10 people that aren't as extreme but okay. are still kind of like annoying. Annoying. Mm-hmm. And then work an eight hour day and just not every day is like that, but more often than not, it's. The worst is when they're like back to back to back to back. Those so, kinds of customers. So yeah, if you can get them spread out, then it's not that big a deal. But I'm going to be late to work because you can't make my coffee fast I digress. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, okay. as you roll through in your Mercedes. Yeah, why don't you calm down, honey? Yeah. And then is that when you accidentally spill the coffee on her? No, because then, then they won't go away. What I would do if they're <laughs> at the drive-thru, I would, uh, I would be working the window and I would um, just leave the window closed. So that you couldn't hear. And them. I'd have my back to him. <laughs> Passive aggressive. And I was watch? watching as I was watching the drink get made, and uh, my friend that I was working with at the time, you know, she she'd hand it over. She's like, "That drink's ready to go," and I go, "Oh, I know, but she can wait a little bit yeah, longer." Yeah. So that's how you got her back. Yeah, because I can't yell at people. No. I get fired. Yeah. But I can stand there with my back to the window and, and be like, "Oh, it's coming." It's coming. <laughs> it's right here. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and then I'd go, oh, there, I'm sorry. Oh, I didn't see it there. Yeah. Here it is. Have a good time on your way you know, to work. it's the little things in life. I don't know. So anyway. All right, here's a couple of things I've, that I've put together, which I'm more about getting feedback from everyone out there. Yes. Thank you to whoever listened to us in Australia. That is the coolest thing ever. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That is so cool. And thank you so much to everybody who listens. But, like, you know, I made that joke, like, last week or the week before about to all of our listeners and, I don't oh, know. like, all over the world. Venezuela international- and Spain I can't remember what you said. Something Australia, like that. Australia, wherever. So, thank you. That means a ton, and I hope you keep listening. Okay, so here's what I've put together for myself. Find a pediatrician or a therapist that you trust. <clears throat> That's what I do. And then you can ask them for their recommendations. Because, like... Parenting, right? Um, yeah. Okay. On, on what philosophies they like and what they use uh as a therapist i'm always trying to stay up on things not i mean i don't 
do counseling for children or families. It's I mostly work with women and some men, but adults. So I try to stay up on the leading, you know, research and experts. And mm-hmm. so my clients who like me, who we have a good relationship, we're probably going to like some, like the same style. So I try to provide new things for them. So if you, if you like your pediatrician and you like your therapist, that's a great place to start. Cause otherwise you could spend like 50 million hours just trying to yeah. like go through all this, you know, weed through Throwing all this stuff against the wall and seeing yeah. the sticks. And then research on your own. I, what I've found is very rarely do I like bestsellers. We can do a whole show on that. The only bestsellers that on the bestseller list that I've ever liked are Dr. Phil, um, which he can be a bit much at times, but overall I tend to agree with most of his philosophies. Um, and then Marie Kondo, the life changing magic of tidying up it. That title just inspired me. It was, it's the (sighs) best. It's so great. I read that since having children. I think that's the only book I've read from beginning to end. And it taught me how to get rid of clutter and get rid of things that didn't make me happy. And her concept is just keeping things in your home and keeping things that make you happy. I'm not like a minimalist, crazy minimalist person. No, you're not. No. But she really helped me. So those are the only two. Like other than that, I re- I like start bestsellers, and the best thing ever is on um, Audible because I listen to books usually. You can return them. I do that all the time. Like oh. with like bestsellers because yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a bestseller. I you know, yeah. I get through like one, two, three chapters, and I'm like, ew, how did that person get on the bestseller list? And what is wrong with all these people buying their book? Okay, so anyway. Um, that's why I really like the website that I said earlier, centerforparentingeducation.org, and you can read about it, and um, it's just some professional women in various fields, some therapy, they, they just do a lot of, uh, they put together a lot of great parenting education stuff, and I just feel like I've really connected with what they're saying, so you have to find what works for you is what I'm finding, because otherwise... You could listen to the two experts battle it out all day on, and both use studies and research and all that. So, yeah, what are your thoughts after I say all that? Did I hit my points? Does that make sense? I feel very enlightened. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Um, Most importantly, I need you to show me how to use my search history or bookmarks. I need you to help me organize my bookmarks. Because I keep losing articles. I get all these great articles. Okay. Um, and then I lose them. I can't find them. And I know there's got to be a way. And there is a tab that says bookmarks. I know. I that swear you that touch, I... Like you just tap it and... Yeah, but I, it's just like book... they don't... I go back to try to find it and I can't. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, and I know you've threatened that you will not micromanage me. Which no, is what I want. Because you're a big girl. Yeah, but then I need an intern. On your own. I need an intern then, stat, to manage oh, my bookmarks. That can be on you. A lot of podcasts have research assistants. You can go find one. <laughs> you can research how to find a research assistant. You know what? I'm going to fire you. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, Mental Mom was fun while it lasted. Fun everybody. while it lasted. Uh, I don't even want to say anything about the website. 
because our website designer is amazing. I'm the problem. Haven't gotten him what he needs yet. So that is coming at some point. All right. The, you know, I've got a lot going on. Okay? I know you do. I almost chopped off my finger this week, okay? Gee, <laughs> my car keys yeah. are completely Yeah, the website's ruined. the last thing you need to be worrying oh about. Oh, my gosh. Um, and Casey Harper, will you tell us where we can find The Mental Mom Show? The Mental Mom Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Podbean. All right. Please like, subscribe. Rate and review. Share, rate, review. And if you found anything beneficial or interesting and would like to continue further conversation with us. Oh, we love that. I would love it. Please email us your stories at the Mental Mom Show at gmail.com. And I will personally email you back. Yeah. Because I don't have Our any response time is 30 seconds. <laughs> at least <laughs> 10 minutes. Like it's a it's a nine one one call it response is. time. It is no, don't it's say so that. exciting. And thank you so much for everybody who has listened and all of our friends who have listened and whoever's in Australia listening. That is the coolest thing ever. That was a pleasant surprise. It was. Yes. Well, Casey Harper, until next time. Next time we're talking about Elf oh. on the Shelf. Oh snap. Holiday stress. Oh gosh. Wait till you get nobody people are not gonna like me or they're gonna love me when they hear what I think about Elf, Elf on the, the Shelf show. and how it contributes to mental illness. Can't wait. Alright. Bye. Bye. Bye.